Kia ora welcome back to the Nurtured TLC podcast. I'm Dr. Katie Furi and this is part two of my conversation with Teresa Yaroshevich from Teresa Lactation Consultant about our thoughts on a now not so recent article titled Bristol Bottle, The Illusion of Choice. Um, before we get back into the uh, second half of our discussion. Um, we just like to acknowledge Māori as tangata whenua in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and we honour and respect the elders past and present who weave their wisdom into all realms of life. I, I see that there's, like, she does begin in with the mental health thing, and mm. her quote that studies show that women who struggle with breastfeeding have higher rates of postpartum depression than those who are able to breastfeed which to me does not sound like a um, like a strike against breastfeeding. It sounds like, well, that means we need a lot better quality, consistent, you know, we need to have the support structures better yeah. and recognize that this is, this is a, an outcome of the way that it's currently happening. Like where is there, you know, 75% of people, you know, can't um you know use whatever body function you want as an analogy yeah, <laughs> but in yeah. which in which case is 75 percent failure rate acceptable yeah and in any kind of uh, i put failure impairment. in air quotes by the way yeah if air, yeah i think in, in most parts of medicine like you know heart failure renal failure like failure that word is getting phased out anyway but right this is this is actually part of your body not working the way you want it to or the way it needs to yeah like people living with chronic medical conditions or illnesses or disabilities they all have higher rates of poor mental health mm. because you know something isn't working and you're living with consequences you know pain yeah or like just some kind of a deficit you can't live, live yeah. your life to the full can't reach your whatever goals that you in your hopes and dreams that you had for your life journey so like when it when it comes to those areas where you're focusing on you know better support better continuity of care we don't say well, this person should just, we shouldn't recommend, you know, my favorite, one of my analogies, we shouldn't recommend walking anymore because some people find it hard, you know? Yeah, we're, we're giving too many, the, the expectations for walking are too high. Um, yeah. We would never say that for about people to be else. active in the modern, modern world, so we need to aim lower. Mm. Rather like, than tackling all the things that, that are contributing to that. Being yeah, true. like it's easy in any in most other aspects of health, optimal health. It's like not controversial, right? <laughs> but somehow aiming for optimal health with you know your functional breast that that's gets different turned into a pressure on women, mm. Mm. and it is true. If you if you ex have a poorer feeding experience, that's definitely going to impact on your mental health, but. How, what, how much of that is this 
triple feeding cycle of doom, this, you know, in and out consults, no one's really listening to her or like finding out how much she's struggling with feeding her baby and the lack of sleep and all the pain. Pain is another big thing that is associated with poor mental health if you're in chronic pain. Yeah, Um, yeah. Oh, it's just yeah, awful. So I, it, it is awful to be told um, to keep doing what you're doing when it yeah, hurts. Yeah, and and the thing is, I feel like it's probably even worse with breastfeeding because if you have some kind of a chronic pain condition, like you're not, for want of a better way to say it, like you're not constantly doing it to yourself. Whereas if you're yes. breastfeeding and pumping, like you're actually, if you think of it, like inflicting that. Yeah. Or the or the beloved child that yeah, you have longed yeah. for is perceived as inflicting pain on you, and how yeah. how does that mess with your head? It's yeah. just awful. It's really terrible, and, so, and it just gets labeled under this is because I'm trying to breastfeed, not like this is because I'm having a breastfeeding issue that's being unaddressed, and I'm getting told to do these things that's not actually working. <laughs> Mm. yeah and there's the other piece of this is you know going through she ended up being on antidepressants um started at six months because it took so long to admit that she was not feeling okay this other thing that makes me sigh is she met another sympathetic clinician that said you know she should start taking medication for anxiety and depression oh, and gave her and stop permission breastfeeding. Yeah. to stop breastfeeding. Yeah. And this is six months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that's six months of triple feeding cycle of doom. Mm. And it's not like something you do once a day. You're doing it, you know, seven, six, seven, eight times, depending on how. Which, interestingly enough, six months is the time when, just as a, you know, commentary, I've had this multiple times people who are doing supplementing long term let's just say with formula um they're giving you know bottle top-ups because they have in a true low milk production situation very often it's at six months when all of that just it goes out the window because solids are started and however much the mother is capable of making becomes enough i know so she did the hardest part and she didn't even get to enjoy the good part like she didn't get to enjoy the, you know, I mean, I think for her, mixed feeding probably would have worked. I mean, if she didn't have breastfeeding pain, obviously, mm. but had taking that pressure off. But like, as a as a physician or medical doctor, you what you there's that type A perfectionist, so <laughs> often exclusive, yes, <laughs> exclusive breastfeeding to six months is probably you know, a big, like, flashing sign, you know? Mm. Like, is the, like, was was there pain ongoing and how long? It seemed like there was milk production was, sounds like it was okay at three months. Um, at what point was that continued to be triple feeding past that point? That's mm. not, I'm not clear on some of those things. Was pain still yeah. a factor? Was the nipple shield still in play? Um, mm. There are questions about, about all of this, but I think that that primarily it's does not sound like 
there was a lot of follow-up. It doesn't sound like there was a lot of individualization or personalization of the recommendations and trying to actively work with her to say what's going to work for you. Cause I've got a lot of, you know, tips and tricks here. What's going to feel good for you? How is this define your own success? What does success mean for you for breastfeeding or for feeding your child in general? Yeah. Part of the experience do you enjoy, which part causes distress and pain and which could be I love pumping I hate when the baby is at the breast because I get pain all the time and let's say that we've been diligent and worked through every single possible reason for nipple pain and it just doesn't go away but pumping feels great and she decides to exclusively pump that's fine go for it or it could be the alternative the the opposite breastfeeding feels great I love this but the pumping is just really bringing me down why don't we get rid of that? <laughs> like there's options, there's alternatives, there's scenarios that could make it better. And starting antidepressants a bit earlier probably would have helped too. She felt ashamed every time she had pain when she breastfeed and she persevered to six months and then was given permission to stop and was keen to stop. But then she still felt guilty. She's but no, the joy and happiness in my life quickly returned after the guilt stopped. <laughs> yeah. Well, the oh. guilt doesn't go away, but she can enjoy her baby once the pressure is taken off mm. producing milk and extracting milk from her body, whichever way that needed to be. But like this person also didn't say, look, you've put in so much effort. You've done an amazing job. Look at all the challenges Celebration. you worked yeah. through. Like mm. that should be actually... Even if the ultimate decision is to stop, you should celebrate that and acknowledge and how come much away with and it. perseverance yeah. Yeah. and superhuman effort she put in. So then, totally. like, there shouldn't be any guilt or shame mm -mm. at this point, even. Well, and some of, I mean, you and I both do this, I know. Like, there is a certain amount of debriefing after a lactastrophe that's really important. And sometimes, I do that just immediately as it's happening if, if I'm involved at that stage. But sometimes it's for a subsequent pregnancy, which she does go on to describe being pregnant again and saying, I don't want to breastfeed. And, and it, at some point, sooner rather than later, it would have been helpful to do that debrief and to celebrate which parts of it would you like to, you know, would you like to hold in your memory as something that you feel proud of or, um, which parts of, of breastfeeding would you like to try to have more of that and less of the other? You know, it could have been just this all or nothing. It's all or nothing. <laughs> Sometimes mom will say, I'm happy to try to breastfeed again, but I will not pump. Yeah. Then you oh, know I hear that a lot. Where things are, right? Mm. Mm. Um, and then so then she continues to say she's moved to a new city, expecting another child. There's lots of anxiety coming back. And again, she you know at the start of the article she talks about how you know people raise oh, how are you thinking of breastfeeding or how you're going to feed your baby and it's like a very superficial oh you're going to breastfeed yay great moving right along um so she's now being brave and saying look I might not choose to breastfeed this time mm. and then all they say is well it's good to breastfeed like it doesn't sound like anyone has 
dive deeper and go, can you tell me a bit more about, you know, this is your second child, so what happened with the first one? What's making you worried? Like putting some kind of a scaffolding or referring her to a lactation consultant who might be able to debrief. For her, I'd probably say like a breastfeeding medicine Oh, absolutely. Really. Absolutely. Um, like there's not, that's not addressed at all. It's just, oh, think about the COVID antibodies. <laughs> this is not going to help her. No, this is not the answer. And I mean, yeah. I think it is good to stay on your antidepressant during pregnancy because, again, it's a high risk time. But with her first experience being so horrific, like, you could easily say that was a situational effect on her mood. Totally. Um, but I wouldn't, like, I would never say you should stay on your antidepressant because it might help you to breastfeed. That wouldn't be the point. That wouldn't no. be the reason why I would recommend. No. At risk. Take it's exactly the wrong language to use in that case because that's yeah. not the motivator for her. I mean, no, for you to and, stay and well. That's not the indication to take an antidepressant during pregnancy anyway. No. Like maybe they were looking at, you know, giving her some potential benefits because she doesn't sound like she's that keen um, to take it. So like for whatever reason, she's kind of picked up on this messaging, which was clearly a trigger for all the traumatic experiences she had the first time yeah well and she's hopeful that she can embrace formula feeding more quickly more quickly that works best for me but i worry i I will waver (laughs) i'm just i'm sad all of these things make me so sad but i understand it i understand it but it's just sad Every sentence is a full story that's yeah. like raw, unprocessed trauma and grief mm. and guilt and shame. But this is, this is the, the last paragraph is just what just made my head explode. That she's encouraging the Academy, American Academy of Pediatrics and national health organizations to kind of reconsider their positions to recommend breastfeeding for a certain amount of time. Like, is that the solution? To lower our expectations? I know. That's what we've been saying the whole time. But when you read them, that's basically the conclusion for every single article or comments or posts. Like, breastfeeding is bad for your mental health if it's not working well. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they say this is not being recognized. But actually, breastfeeding is always the scapegoat for mental health struggles. Of course. That's the problem, not, actually. Yeah, not for breastfeeding support, which is yeah. a, a, another very predictive um, factor in that mental health piece is if you are experiencing challenges, what is the quality in, of, of, the, of the support that you receive? Like, Because I, I think even if you had, you know, if you stopped breastfeeding or you didn't manage to reach your feeding goal, if you receive good support. It can, it can be a different story. Out, yes, yeah, I agree. I fully, this is exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I think this is either Amy Brown or Kathleen Kendall Tackett talks about this a lot. Maybe it was Amy Brown. 
I think but, both of them do. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, probably. Well, breastfeeding grief is is a big, big topic and mm. and something that we kind of are soaking in in our profession. That yeah, it, it's not like I don't have a magic wand. I cannot fix every problem that gets thrown my way. I mean, my skills are to absolutely try, and I've got you know the the bag of tricks, but there's there's no such thing as 100% success rate in terms of everybody having, you know, pain-free, full breastfeeding experience, anything. And, you know, the idea of, and I've, I just have been creating my website recently and going through some of the um, feedback that I've received, putting that up on my website. And a couple of those are from families who we're doing supplementing long-term and needing somebody to give them options in a way that felt sustainable and positive to them. It's not like we're anti-supplementing. We're not anti-feeding babies. This is, that's not yeah. who we are. That's not what Sometimes we do. Sometimes the lactation consultant is the one who recognizes the need to supplement. And suggests it first. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think, you know, I mean, she's right. Everyone's journey is different, but unfortunately her journey is the same as many, many people. It's it's like copy-paste, copy-paste. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think the conclusion is right. So my kind of takeaway from this is that these problems are real. They are horrifyingly common and they do impact maternal well-being. Yes, they do. And we understand that very fully. The The difference is that the conclusion reached is not fixing the problem. It's not to reduce your standard of care. It's not to reduce what is considered optimal or, you know, I just also don't like optimal. Um. <laughs> yeah, the language needs to be. Only 25% of people can do this. Like there's no other bodily system that we are happy to have that kind of, you know, rate know. Of, it doesn't function as If only as 25% expected. of people can walk, you'd be going, okay. We have a problem. I yeah. when, you, when you talked about that walking analogy, I, heard, I thought of the movie WALL-E where everybody, ah, yes. they're overweight yes. and they go around in their little <laughs> slurping, their, their slurpy drinks. Little yes. Personal carriers, that's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> we don't normalize this. This is not who we are as, you know, functional, rounded human beings. Yes, we want choice. Yes, we want people to be, you know, have individualized and personalized care, but not by accepting that the system is just broken and is always going to be this way well the thing is they don't even recognize that the system is broken no they think this is good care and it doesn't work because breastfeeding doesn't work i, I, I mean my head just explodes to kind of contemplate that because you're right i mean katie when no other body parts get that kind of treatment yeah. none I think that's what makes my head explode constantly when I read stuff like this. Like anything else would be, wow, this is, you know, gross negligence. And yeah. Like I'm not into, you know, HDC complaints or 
yeah. like you know malpractice lawsuits or that kind of thing but like this is not okay like I was just listening to a podcast about bees you know like the collapse of bee populations <laughs> like we're putting like they're putting actual effort and energy into you know understanding why is this happening and what do we do to stop this and there's huge amounts of research going into bees right now didn't know that and I'm thinking like that's fantastic. I love bees. I love honey. <laughs> Let's save the bees. What about the babies? We love pollinators. And, yeah, I know. Why don't we get me funding? <laughs> and then when we get funding, it's always like, what component of breast milk? Yeah, like what's in it? <laughs> like, why, why is it beneficial to breastfeed? And it's just like... We don't have, we already don't have enough money. Let's stop debating why it's worth doing because this is just a normal body function. We don't really put money into why walking is good for you. I mean, I guess people have done those things, like how much activity should be recommended, but it's not like, should we walk at all? Do we need to justify it? <laughs> oh, Katie. But I feel like I just need to get that off my chest to somebody who's not going to fight me with Feta's best. <laughs> like I, 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 I try not to comment too much, but these kind of things I end up commenting. And it's always like I'll have to write a nuanced essay about, yeah, you know. I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing people. You know, you have to always have the yes. caveats. Caveats. Yeah. <laughs> and then I always have to say it's almost like, People assume if you advocate for this, you must have never had any problems. So then there's lots of, but you don't understand. And then I'll have to say, actually, I do understand. I've Which actually, kids. you have actually had all of the problems, Katie. I have all of these problems. <laughs> I did the triple feeding. I, I had both mastitis and supplements. <laughs> and I used donor milk and I did the tube thing. I didn't do the nipple shield, but thank goodness for that. <laughs> But, like, I have to kind of list my struggles as what makes me a credible. Like, you get badges of honor for each of those I know. things. So, it is true that um, Debbie, my other lactation consultant, who's, which is a friend who supported me with the breastfeeding, she's like, this is going to make you better at your job. Yeah, it, it will. Like, it will. What is happening but, to me? Yeah, great. I don't love it still. <laughs> Yeah, can I just have a smooth sailing, you know, pain-free, nice fourth trimester snuggles with <laughs> without a pump or tubes? Okay, well, I'm giving you a vi virtual hug, Katie, because I I hear what you're saying and I I concur. I know that this is this is not the solution that the solution she recommends is not the one that, that that women actually need but I take heart because whenever I talk to other lactation consultants I know that we there is a good consensus for you know the empathy and compassion and trying to use an individualized approach we can do better I acknowledge that I'm not saying that any of us are perfect but um, I think that acknowledging the problem and you know just was talking with a couple of colleagues this morning and like identifying some, some things that could be better in the system and, 
and kind of talking about making a plan. Like, how can we make this better? Because we've kind of noticed that it's a thing. So, yeah, like that just has to happen. That has to happen for all of us, for our mental health. Mm. I feel like her title is great. The illusion of choice. Yeah, I don't think it. it's not a choice, but it... No, and, and her conclusion is actually, you know, if you read the sentence, like that all makes sense. It's just you can interpret it as we need to put some resources and rethinking into making the system work better and be there for the parents or which which is how I would prefer to the yeah, whole. Yeah, exactly. The goal is too hard. We need to rethink the goal. Yeah. So that's it for now. Hopefully the next time you read one of these articles, now there's a bit more context as to why things might be the way they are and more importantly, um, opportunities where we can improve things for future mums and babies on their breastfeeding journeys. Um, I'm not really sure when um, we'll be updating another episode. Uh, to be honest, life has taken me in a bit of an unexpected direction, but um, please hang on to your subscription if you have one. Um, it is definitely um, a passion project that I love to get back to doing more regularly. Bye for now. Just a quick boring disclaimer. None of the information discussed in the podcast is um, is supposed to be medical advice. If after listening to this podcast you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out. We'll put our email address in the show notes.